All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are on episode 80 of the Retic Lounge. And uh, Nathan, I'm looking forward to this one because not only do we have a great guest on that has um, phenomenal animals and a phenomenal product, but he's just a really great dude who we've, you know, become fond with and great friends with. And um, yeah, I'm excited to have uh, Jordan on with Heartland Reptiles. Yeah. I mean, we've, I mean, you have his cages in your house right now. Uh, I got to get hands on with them, help lift one for the US ARC auction. We'll get into that. But yeah, I'm excited to have someone that I look forward to seeing at all the big shows. So let's yeah. bring in Jordan. All right, let's do it. Hey, everybody. What's up, dude? What's going on? I love the like little smile right there at the beginning. You're like, excited to be here. What's going on, man? I hope you like that we're all repping Heartland Reptiles. Yeah, I love it. I appreciate it. I really do. Yeah, it's a great logo, and uh, I think you're creating a phenomenal brand for yourself. But, um, man, before we jump into this episode and, like, what we're wanting to talk about, which is all about your enclosures, if you don't mind, um, you know, we know plenty about you, but maybe some of our listeners don't know the full deets on Jordan Carpenter. So why don't you jump in and kind of tell us who you are, what you do, animals you keep and all that good stuff. Yeah. Um, well, I'm Jordan Carpenter. Like you mentioned, um, I am in uh, about an hour West of Kansas city, Kansas, and, um, been chasing scaled animals and otherwise ever since I was little, I grew up in rural Kansas and, uh, live here with my wife and son and have a great, great time so that. were you were you collecting any of these reptiles when you were a kid yeah um so i i would take stuff and you know keep it for a week or or whatnot um here and there <clears throat> i didn't really get into like keeping uh or purchasing pets until um frankly college uh but i had a lot of different things for little stints um and uh and I, my first like real big addition when I moved out was I got a Brazilian rainbow boa and, uh, nice. and named her Daisy. She was just awesome animal. She was the first animal I had that was able to convert people that were afraid of snakes to at least being open to them. And so I think that kind of, uh, helped spur the fire, um, I always loved it, but when I saw somebody realize they're not scary and they're actually really awesome animals, that that really fueled it. Um, college was a great time, and uh, so I didn't keep a lot of animals. Um, afterwards, got you know I had uh, Chinese water dragon, had um, ball python, um, panther chameleon, a bunch of different stuff throughout my life. Uh, but when I got my first uh, dwarf retic, that's when I was just, I was blown away by her. Um, never intended to do anything but keep her as a pet. And um, and what year did those uh, kind of reel you in? Uh, I I started looking at, at retics. I've, I've always loved them. I remember as a kid, sorry if he's, my cat's right in front of me. He might see his tail. Um, there it is. <laughs> wouldn't be the first time a cat's made an appearance on this, this show. Curry, so, my one of my good buddies. Um, but 
Whether you've poured your heart and soul into your reptile business or you've just begun your business journey, AE Foundry has you covered with next level expertise in graphic design, motion graphics, videography, photography, and so much more. If you've been dying for a new logo for your reptile business, motion graphics for your current logo, a new website, or need assistance making your video podcast come to life, then listen carefully. AE Foundry's mission places storytelling at its core. AE Foundry believes that a distinctive story and background are the driving forces that set your brand apart. In today's market, consumers seek more than just products. They crave a connection built on trust with the brands they cherish. AE Foundry is committed to empowering small businesses and fostering authenticity that resonates with their consumers. Reach out to them and let them help you craft a visual narrative that helps establish a genuine and lasting connection with your audience. To contact AE Foundry, email them at aromero at aefoundry.com or on Instagram at aefoundry. If you are in the market for an enclosure for your reticulated python or any other one of your reptiles, Focus Cubed Habitats is your one-stop shop for not only the best-looking cages on the market, but also provide amazing features and add-ons to your cages. We partnered with Focus Cubed Habitats because they continue to innovate and change the way we house our animals unlike any other caging company out there. Their cages are designed intelligently and provide the most stylish and secure housing for your animals' comfort and well-being. Visit FocusCubedHabitats.com for your animals' caging needs. Again, visit FocusCubedHabitats.com for some amazing and stylish enclosures. We also want to thank VivTech Products for being an affiliate sponsor of the Retic Lounge. Stop by VivTech Products for the best UV spectrum lighting on the market that will enhance and improve your snake's overall well-being and health. Visit VivTechProducts.com and use the code RETICLOUNGE23 today for 15% off. Again, visit VivTechProducts.com and use our affiliate code RETICLOUNGE23 today for 15% off. Looking for the perfect accessories for your hatchlings or juvenile retics? Look no further than Heli Guy Serpents. Our sponsor, Chris Sexton, is coming in hot with an amazing 3D printer, creating top-notch perches and other caging accessories for your beloved pets. Enrich your retics environment with their high-quality products. Use our promo code TRL10 for a 10% discount on your purchase. Visit them today at heliguyserpents.com and start giving your pets the best. Heli Guy Serpents, the premier source for 3D printed caging accessories. Again, that's www.heliguyserpents.com and use our promo code TRL10 for 10% off all of your 3D printed accessories today. You know, I, like we all did, I was watching, I think it was David Attenborough, I'm not sure, but saw Retic and just <laughs> blown away by it. And, um, but, didn't think it was attainable. Uh, so I, once I started finding out about dwarf and super dwarf, I realized, Hey, this is actually a possibility. Now I mm-hmm. love that people are making them small. I don't need them to be that small. I just need them to not be 20 feet long. Right. Um, I, I love the impressive size of them and, you know, length is not necessarily directly correlated with, uh, 
overall size, you know, I think of uh, Retix as like a marathon runner build versus like an Anaconda or Berm as more like a bodybuilder type build. Right. Um, I've always but, called them the Michael Jordan of snakes. Yeah, yeah, they're they're lean. They they should be lean and muscular, and um, you know they shouldn't be real bulky. Um, but that was uh, twenty like eighteen when I started looking. Uh, maybe a little bit before that, and then I got Mila in twenty nineteen, and um, I sold my diesel pickup that I had built uh, and purchased. I think you showed me pictures of that truck. I, I think I've shared them with you guys. Yeah. Um, I called that, that truck girlfriend because I loved it. Uh, it <laughs> you <laughs> called it girlfriend. That was her name, I love, girlfriend. I love that truck, and my friends called it that, too, um, because I loved it, but it had some quirks that were kind of irritating, you know. Um, so, <laughs> um, and, and my wife knows the story behind it, and, and she laughed at it, too. But, um, yeah, so I sold that truck and i purchased initially five more animals and then it ended up funding a, a sixth as well um and that's what really kicked off quote heartland reptiles that's when i established it was 2021 and um <clears throat> and regardless of heartland reptiles i'm just stoked to have the animals i mean no matter what happens these these animals will be here yeah, usually when you lose a girlfriend, I mean, it doesn't end up that great. So, I mean, well, it was a sad day. All's good. Don't get me wrong. All's good in love. A sad day handing those keys over because I had a lot of time and effort and, uh, frankly, blood, sweat, and tears into that pickup. So, it, it, it paid off a little bit. So that that's oh, nice. I, I I wouldn't change it for anything. I it was definitely the right decision. Um, I traded one passion for another, and this one's just so much more rewarding it, it's just so much better what what is it about retics that like you know you you mentioned when you got your first one like sparks flew right um yeah. girlfriend replacing girlfriend and you know <laughs> yeah, girlfriend for real girlfriend yeah. 2.0 seems to be something that you have fallen in love with to the point where you know now you have multiple girlfriends and yeah. I'm, I'm curious like what what is it about retics that um, also just to clarify, we're talking about retics here. Um, <laughs> There's no polyamory sort of, talk going right, on right now. Yeah. We're talking about retics. Um, what, what, what was it about the retics that kind of captivated you? Uh, just Mila, her personality is just something different. Um, you know, from wildcock, black snakes, ringnecks, everything that is native around here. Never, never saw venomous surprisingly, um, which was, was good that I didn't run into that when I was young. But that's one thing I never saw. Um, I just, uh, I the pattern is unbelievable. You get into morphs, which I love, uh, and it's even crazier. But what really sold me, the beauty got me in. The interaction is what sold it and sealed the deal. Um, interacting 100%. with Mila and growing with her uh, was just amazing. I mean, you can see, you can truly see these animals are, are processing what's happening and, and uh, you know, the, the line or mentality of threads of trust, I think is incredibly important. Um, right. The, the more you build with these animals, the more rewarding it becomes in my opinion. Yeah. And I want to just like, I, I always recommend to people, if you don't have a retic 
get a young retake, get a hatchling, get a yearling, get just don't don't get an established older retake because the the like you mentioned, growing with them is one of the most rewarding things. Now I will say I've gotten some adult retakes and they've come to me and they're a little bit defensive and weary of me and getting to to earn their trust and respect and that's also rewarding. But man, like having a baby and then, you know, if you end up breeding, right. And then seeing that first snake you got on a pile of eggs, um, you know, and then see life come from this animal that you spent the last four or five years with. Um, yeah, just growing with a retic is, is one of the most rewarding experiences. I feel like we oftentimes like forget and, and, you know, take advantage that we're working with like some of the most apex top of the line, predators in the world and you know we're giving them chin scratches and petting their heads and it's it's a cool ass experience speaking from uh raising to breeding jordan you want to kind of just walk everyone through what that process was like for you what you know what it felt like when you finally saw you know those little noses popping out of the eggs all that yeah um so like i said mila was just intended to be a pet uh two years in changed route a little bit. And, um, and I honestly, even when I got the other animals, I didn't even think about breeding her because in my head, she's still a pet. And I just, that was for lack of a better term, the marker I had, uh, for Mila. She's, she's just my girl. And, um, and actually Garrett was, was the one who said, you mean you could produce some, some pretty babies from her and, you know, get some experience and, and the, once it was mentioned, it was like, well, yeah, I mean, she's, she's of size, she's of age. Um, <clears throat> and it was an awesome experience. I definitely thought she was ovulating multiple times earlier than she was because I think I was looking for it. Hold on real quick, Jordan. I'm sorry to interrupt. Is your dog scratching? Curry. Okay. No, you're good. You're good. I just, me and Nathan are both looking over our shoulders. I I had snakes out just not too long ago. So I'm like looking, making sure everything's latched, making sure there's not something creeping up on me. Your your dog can scratch, can lick, can do whatever it wants. I just wanted to make sure it wasn't like mine or Nathan's animals that we we can't see. I have noises that I hear every once in a while while recording, and for sure I thought it was just my snakes. So no, I was no big deal. Couldn't hear it, so I was trying to ignore it. <laughs> he's walking. His little tree is next to a cabinet, and he's walking across the cabinet. And apparently, there's something touching because it's vibrating like crazy. All right, well, fair. Um, I'm sorry to interrupt you. I just, me and Nathan were getting paranoid. I just wanted to confirm that that was, on your I, I, I saw Lucas like laugh at me and I didn't know if he was making, yeah. I thought that was my there. dog scratching outside the door. <laughs> uh, all right. We we're talking about Mila. Yes. Um, so, so I introduced Adam and Mila earlier than I needed to, but I watched closely, you know, I made sure that she wasn't showing displays that she was very unhappy he was in there. I mean, initially she was kind of put off, but she wasn't, you know, throwing things around or thrashing or expelling a bunch of urates or anything. And she was in an eight-foot enclosure, so he was really small. She's still, at that time, I don't know, maybe seven and a half, maybe getting close to eight feet, probably eight feet. Um, But they had space, and there's visual visual barriers so they could get away from each other um and that worked pretty well but 
eventually it took and uh, got a clutch of 23 eggs, uh, which was shocking. This is part of the reason I don't still don't trust myself with palpating is when I felt her, I thought I felt eight lumps. And in my head, I was thinking, okay, well, maybe that's, you know, pairs. So maybe up to 16. If she had eight to 12 eggs, I would have been ecstatic, right? First time ever pairing or breeding anything ever. And uh, she dropped 23 healthy eggs. Um, 22 made the distance. I did have some that failed to thrive. Uh, but Do you remember one, how many? Uh, there was four ultimately that failed to thrive. Two okay. were quick. Um, and then two uh, passed from, it, it looked like impaction. Um, but... Uh, Ultimately, yeah, I'm, I still have 13 left. I've got some platinums, some wild types, and um, and a really, really pretty male that I'm hoping is Annery, but I'm still I, – I don't want to say any that he is or isn't because she's just pos at Annery, so. Okay. And what, uh, what incubation style did you go with? I use the cooler with water and the aquarium heater and all that. Okay. Um, uh, yeah. I I grew up. Garrett taught me a lot. I mean, I, I have to. No, that's that's what I've used, and I've yeah. hatched two clutches out of it. So, yeah, it, no, it, it worked very well, well for me. Um, I definitely could have been one to get over worried and like check too much. I had to force myself to say the best thing you can do is just leave it alone. And I only yeah. allowed myself uh, going in and checking once a week. I. I did see some condensation. So what I did is I, uh, I put something under the cooler, just like uh, maybe three eighths to half an inch tall on one on the back side. So it created just like a five degree incline and all that condensation ran down the lids and ran down the side of the uh, tubs that they were in. So I didn't have any dripping because I initially found some drips on some of the eggs. Yeah. I I will say that, like, as far as, like, the dripping and the water condensation goes, like, I, dude, at this point, um, after having, you know, a handful or more clutches, I don't give a shit if they get wet anymore. Like, <laughs> I and, knew, and, I knew Lucas was going to talk I, I about just, this. I, I literally, like, you know, w with the Solaire egg, that the, this clutch that just hatched, like, I would peek, I would just, like, just to give fresh air, I would just you know, unclamp one side of it and I would open it up. Water drops would just like, just like fall all over the freaking eggs. Would and you I, dab them off with paper towel? Do nope, anything? Nope. No, I, okay. I did that. I did well, that with my first three clutches. And then after that, well, I, and you always reference the old videos of Jay hosing them down. Yeah. Jay used to like when, when eggs would dimple, like within 30 days, like Jay had videos on YouTube of him literally with a freaking hose, just like spraying down the eggs and the, the, you know, the, the, um, uh, I, I feel the, like I saw an interesting method too. Sorry to cut you off, Lucas. No, that's but okay. I there was, think of what I was saying. It, yeah. I, 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 it felt like it. <laughs> I was referring to no, the bedding. No, no, but the medium, I, the medium there. Yeah. Go. Well, this, this kind of refers to that. I feel like I saw, I think it was Kevin McCurley, but, uh, I, I think he was incubating some kind of eggs under a, like a pretty thick layer of like really damp moss. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, retig eggs are hardy. Like you don't want water to get on chondro eggs because those eggs are tiny, you know, but retig eggs that have a greater surface area. Um, I I've seen that it doesn't do them damage. Like the eggs that die aren't dying because water droplets are falling on them. They're just weak embryos. Um, but, but you know, and I knew that I had so many people tell me that, but still for my first three clutches, I was cleaning off that lid. I was wiping them off. And then eventually I stopped caring and, and the eggs do what they do. Um, but yeah, I, so 23 eggs, all 23 hatched. Yep. And the biggest Dude. reason, like I didn't worry when I burped them, you know, once a week, I didn't worry if it dripped on them then. What I worried is I had two that started to show windows which may or may not have been correlated to the the water. I don't – you guys know more than I do. But it was where water was dripping, and that's when I incorporated the slight incline just to prevent it if it was an issue. Nathan, I thought you were going to turn back around with, like, something really cool. No, no. I, th- I thought you were going to turn my back nose around and like I didn't want to do it hand. on camera. <laughs> um, no, but, Jordan, to that, um, I, I had a – yeah, my, my first couple clutches from my wild caught huge windows um, in the igloo incubator. Mm-hmm. And that's the only time I've ever had windows. Um, and it wasn't because moisture was dropping because the lids were dry. I think it just windows happen. I don't know what causes window. It might have been just like maybe it was super humid in there because, again, you're suspending a box that's already damp uh, with perlite and you're suspending it over water. Could be just like you know, too much humidity causes the, the lining of the egg to be thin. It could be just maybe like a lack of, I haven't had too any much windows calcium. in my two clutches though. Yeah. It could be a calcium thing, um, as well. Um, but the windows generally close. Um, and you know, if not, I've seen some really cool videos of like some pretty big windows where you can actually see embryo development inside the egg. Um, which is pretty interesting, but, um, yeah, so what are those animals doing now? So they hatched, and how old are they? Uh, they hatched um, June 21st. So what's that put us? Uh, over Just over six months. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've got 13 left. I've got some platinum males. Um, they're doing really well. I've, I've spent a lot of time interacting with them and, and taking the time to take them out of the tub. And, and it doesn't have to be long interactions, but just no. – they're used to people coming in, interacting with them, cleaning, giving them fresh water, and spending some time with them, letting them crawl on my hands or whatnot. And then they always go back in in a calm manner. Um, I, everyone that's got one of my animals, I'm proud to say, is, has told me that they have very confident and calm animals that that they're not nippy or anything like that. Um, I think I've taken maybe five to 10 bites over the 22 that hatched uh, in, in total to this day. My, my first clutch was just like that. The second clutch, I don't know what's up. I, they don't want it. I, I've tried to antagonize a couple. There's maybe one that if I just like was super careless and just reached in would get me, but I haven't been tagged by a single one. It's weird. It's, 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 and it's, it's, it's a, just that it's same cool level feeling. of care, though. I mean, just spending that little extra time with them when you're doing your maintenance with them yeah. goes a long way. And, and this is why I recommend people to support smaller breeding businesses, because we are spending so much more time with these hatchlings than a lot of like the really <laughs> yeah. big companies are. We really are, because um, 
I just like handling them, right? Yeah. Like I'm amazed by them. I take them out, I hold them. And, and I actually overdid it with the Slayers this time to the point where, you know, um, I, I'm leaving them alone for like an entire week. So I could start back on feeding trials because there's, you know, I think about like 10 of them that didn't want the first meal. And I was like, well, that's probably because I just held y'all yesterday and you're, you're probably a little like, don't want anything to, to, to do with me right now. Um, Oh, nice. You got us morph market up. Yeah. So speaking of just, I, I know you have more than this available, but these are a few of your listings that you have up on. Morph I've got, yeah, I've got, I appreciate you showing them. I've got three up right now. Um, I, I don't have a whole lot of them up just cause I, I kind of want to show examples. I, I, I definitely want thing. to know who is getting my animals. Um, yep. a couple of mine have gone to, uh, you know, um, not rehabilitation groups, but um, wildlife educators, and, and they're going to be uh, ambassadors, uh, which is awesome. Um, the others are going to people that just love the species. Most, if not, I think there's only one that didn't have experience previously. Um, so I, I'm putting some examples out there, but I ultimately I want to to know people. Not that you can't know who it is through Morph Market. It's just I'm very busy and uh, with that and attempting to do social media, I'd rather just do some good examples. Yeah. I'm the same way. When I list my animals, I, you know, I have pictures of a bunch. I don't put them all up though. Right. I'll give examples of them. And then, you know, if they, if they're sold, then I'll go ahead and, you know, post up another one. Right. Um, it's just easier that way. I don't, I don't like to see one breeder have, you know, 40 ads, it just, it floods, it, it, it contributes to flooding the, the morph market and it gets harder for people to find, you know, all the different animals. And so I don't want to contribute to like, you know, it, it's already, there's already an insane amount of dwarf, super dwarf retics that are available on morph market. I don't want to contribute to this idea that, you know, I mean, not the idea, there are more out there, like, especially if we are not posting them all, but at the end of the day, like, I feel like people shouldn't have to sort through 1300 animals. Um, it's a lot. So, well, and even, you know, even if someone's looking to get an animal from a specific breeder, whether it be me or, or either of you or whomever, you know, when, when you, for I like me, the use of whomever becomes, right there, that was, a, <laughs> that was appropriate. <laughs> uh, but you know, it, it makes it a little bit, it, I think it can become overwhelming if you have too many animals. Now, if someone reaches out to me and says, Hey, I'm looking for this, you know, X, Y, Z. Okay. I can say, well, I have four or five platinums right now. They're males. So they'll stay a little bit smaller, whatever. Here's all of them. Let me know what you think. Someone reaches out to me for any one of these examples that I have up. You're more than welcome to that one. I have others. Let me know what you're looking for specifically. If there's something specific. Um, yeah. And, and I like doing that. Uh, and ultimately I want, the reason I spend time with the babies is I want people to have the experience I did. Mila just blew me away as far as an, an animal to interact with. And I want people to have that. I don't want them to be worried that their snake's going to nip them. Um, and so if I can put a little extra time into at least steer towards that, um, then that's, that's really rewarding to hear when people yeah. have great experience. Well, and Shane Costello, I believe, was the one who talked about this on the show was, I mean, 
it's almost like dog breeding. You try to breed for not not just color or size, but also attitude. Yeah, or disposition. Yeah, disposition. Yeah. Um, Jordan, before we like get into the bulk of what this episode is about, which is your indestructible enclosures, um, I I first want to hear. You know, we're talking about breeding things like that. What what pairings? What do you have planned for twenty twenty four? Uh, so this year I have, um, a sunfire snow female that I am pairing to an anery het purple male. Yeah. Uh, so that should give me quarter, you know, in theory, if the reading takes and goes well, should give me a quarter sunfire snows. I should get, uh, anery sunfires. I should get, uh, snows and then, uh, anery's. Um, and then, That'd be nice. And so, I mean, regardless of how the odds shake out, I'd be really happy with all of those animals. What what uh, percentages would they be? Uh, let's see. Um, the the female Miss Piggy is forty three percent Kalatoa, and I want to say, I think twelve or nine percent Jamp. Um, and I'm not positive off the top of my head, but. Uh, the male, I think, is I want to say 34% Kalatoa, um, and uh, like 25% Jamp, maybe. But, um, so they'll be technically they'd be dwarf. 34, they'd be 34 Kalatoa, 34 ish Kalatoa, and like 12.5 Jamp. So, yeah, it, it, they'd be dwarf, but at the end of the day, any percentage of snows, especially sunfire snows, um, yeah, th- those are just beautiful sexy yeah. snakes and and you know mom is small um i she's young still she's four right but um i'm she's actually at a slower pace than mila was or is it you know a year ahead um but we'll see what happens and then the other is the same sire uh the anery het purple to a platinum anery sunfire het purple female um, she's a little bit lower percentage. Um, she's the same size, actually, maybe, I think she's a little bit smaller than Miss Piggy, the, the higher percentage super dwarf, uh, which, you know, I know you guys have talked about, it goes towards bloodlines can be more important than percentages. Um, but ultimately male or female used in the pairing, yeah, th- right. there's so many things that go into it. And, and. Time will tell, right? I mean, she's yeah. four, so it's still very early. I'm not going to claim crazy numbers now or, or even in the future. But uh, it'd be really awesome to hit some platinum sunfire snows. You know, it's a one in 16 with her. That, that's what I'm shooting for. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's crazy. awesome. Uh, but regardless, all everything this year, if those two pairings, that's all I plan to do is those two. <laughs> um, everything will be anery plus you know yeah yeah that's gonna be exciting man I, i'm excited for the season for you and i'm i'm you know wishing you the best because both clutches are gonna yield really nice results um yeah jordan if it's okay with you let's segue into your enclosures and for those of you that see the su- the thumbnail and you know just heard me talk about this indestructible enclosure that that uh heartland reptiles is now manufacturing and supplying well i'm can I say you're manufacturing? Um, 
the company I work for my day job. Okay. So they're manufacturing. Yeah. Um, but, but I, the reason why I say indestructible is I'm talking from experience. I have them and you know, it, it might not be as indestructible as a, you know, you, you can't set up a bomb in it and then, you know, be okay, but they are absolutely phenomenal. So can you just go into like, first off, why the hell did you even think about like doing enclosures when there's a lot of people doing enclosures right now? And then, you know, I've always told people, you know, if you want to get into the enclosure game, you're, you're going to end up being a slave to the industry because everybody that I know that does enclosures, they work around the clock. Yeah. Um, so did you bypass that? And yeah, just take it away. Tell us about your enclosure. Well, it really spurred because, uh, I was impatient with lead times. And when I was impatient, it was during the material overall material shortage, like in the U S for basically everything. You, you mean when I waited over a year for my animal plastics enclosures? Stop. stop. And it, but you know, the, everybody was taking forever. They were, um, I, I only, this was the second PVC enclosure I had purchased. Um, no qualms with the product, the qualms with the material and the lead time, the material doesn't last. Uh, mm -hmm. when I say last, it, it will, but how long are you going to be in this? No. And I, and I can attest to the lasting part because all of my PVC stuff that I had, that I had, uh, and this is not including our sponsor focus cube. I have their enclosures here. I've had them for less than a year, but they so far are holding up way better than other PVC enclosures. But, um, I, the most I had them for was 15 months before I realized the stains weren't coming out and that the shelves started getting flimsy. And I was just like, I'm going to sell these so that I could get better enclosures. Well, and, and there are some awesome companies out there. I mean, not just because of your sponsor, but the heretic that focus cube is making and oh, we got to stuff. see the we got to see the prototype in person at bill steagles exactly. and that thing was insane jordan i mean that yeah. miss king they had set up under it the full acrylic sides and jordan, front, jordan was like, there yeah that, that's why i'm saying oh, okay i, yeah, I, I remember explaining it to him no i'm saying wasn't it insane like yeah, seeing yeah. that in person no i mean that's I space age kind of stuff right I love what they're doing. And, and I believe those will last drastically longer. Yeah. I also recognize that those are designed for a specific type of, of species group or range, right? Sure. I'm doing retics almost exclusively. Now they're smaller retics, but they're still retics. PVC can't hold up the same way uh, in that regard. But, but what focus cube is doing in that heretic, I mean, that is awesome. I immediately went back to, the panther chameleon I had, and I was like, man, I have an armoire enclosure I'm looking at right now. It's probably, no exaggeration, 500 pounds. Um, but I built it for him, and I'm just like, look at what they've created. It's effectively off the shelf, and it's, it's amazing. Um, and I want to be in line with that. We're in different lanes. I, I perceive we're in different lanes. Oh, absolutely. And And, and Ultimately, all I love to see is is improvement for the animals. <clears throat> what they're doing is going to work phenomenally for certain animals. I'm focused more on, frankly, bigger species animals. Now, I'll make anything for anybody. You know, if somebody wants something, the possibilities are endless. But 
this is where I'm starting because it's what I do. So you stayed away from PVC and you stayed away from plastic in general. Can you tell us what your enclosures are made out of? And, um, you know, I, I heard you, you said the reason why you, you, it was lead time and material, like what they were made out of that led you to believe that there was a, a market for something different and something that, that would hold up for large species. Well, where, where did you go? Well, so since my career is in metal fabrication, I did almost eight years in project management. Um, the company that I worked for and do still work for, they manufacture the buildings you see by railroad crossings is the most identifiable thing. Uh, they hold the equipment gear. These are expected to last 30 plus years in the outdoor elements. Um, they've literally had an enclosure that was pulled out of the ground by a tornado. And I think it was picked up and carried like two and a half miles uh, over and two and a half miles up. So in the air and slammed down, everything inside of it was thrashed. The enclosure, frankly, the door still open. Like it wasn't even tweaked and bent enough to where the door wouldn't open. Um, so these are made in the same manufacturing method. I mean, frankly, they're massively over-designed. I was going to say a little overproduced almost for what we're throwing in them. There's the thing is, is like going any lower, you, you then drop down to a completely different level. Um, just the, it, you'd be entering a different material. It's just that this material is that much stronger in the manner in which the folds and bends are designed in, they build strength off of each other. So the enclosures are incredibly strong. At the Arlington auction, I donated a six-footer, which is the same thing Lucas has. And um, two ladies laid inside, one laid on the floor, <clears throat> excuse me, one laid on the shelf. And then Phil Goss stood on one side and I stood on the other on the top. I mean, it, that's holding four people. There's no animal you should put in a six foot enclosure that weighs what the four of us did right yeah probably absolutely a, yeah, not a, a combined you know 500 plus pounds right um no and i'll i'll just speak to my experience with your enclosures just i you know i i mentioned i was a little weary and worried about like the the metal yeah. right and how you are um how you are combining the 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 pieces that go along that you know make them expandable right so that's the other cool thing about your enclosure that we'll get into is one enclosure can can bolt up to another and end up being two enclosures and i mean the sky is the limit really with what you're able to do and um i haven't had any issues and the durability of the enclosures are absolutely like phenomenal um and the the powder coat that's over it you know the paint just looks like bright it's not you know it's a white enclosure and it, it just pops so much more than white PVC because white PVC is kind of dull, mm -hmm. right? Like it's, it's a matte white where these are just like, they're, they're, they're shy. It's like getting a car. Right. Yeah. And, and, <laughs> and, you know, I, I literally cleaned the outside of my enclosures and I'll wipe them down and I'm, I'm in here, you know, doing the circular motions because I just, I like how good they look on the outside. As an add-on, you'll have to start adding clear bras for them. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, so the company that makes them, we liken our, our uh, I say that makes them, I work for them. I'm the quality manager. Um, and so the, the mentality is 
the product provided should be like a new car. There should not be a scratch in it. You know, it should be like you just got a new car. So I'm, I'm glad to hear that you see that. Yeah, no, I mean, when I brought it, I mean, this was after you brought it all the way, you know, from Kansas City to Arlington. Um, and then we had to load it up on a truck. And then we had to get it into my tiny garage door frame. I'm so happy I wasn't there for that. Which which was the biggest pain in the ass. Um, <laughs> I think we had to take the door off. But Maybe aren't we... you glad I designed it to fit through doors? That well, was yeah, the third the thirty inches. Yeah, I don't, and that's another reason why you know I do I would love to go three feet deep, but it's just um, right. because I have my garage sealed off, like the garage door is insulated. I have it, you know, with weather taping on, like so for me to open my garage door, it's it's a not a fun process. Um, right. And so, uh, but yeah, it, it stood the test of time and, you know, we, we got it up and, you know, got a snake in there and, um, you know, I have my, my five-year-old turnate in there and, uh, she looks tiny in there. It, it's just, it's spacious, it's beautiful and, and very well constructed. And like I said, indestructible, I have yet to, you know, and, and one other thing that I want to say that I think that your enclosure does 20 times better than any other enclosure in the market. And and I'm not exaggerating when I say 20 times better. Um, for anybody keeping large constrictors, whether it's on paper or bedding, getting those urate stains out of an enclosure oh. is a freaking nightmare to the point where people are spending three, $400 on steamers and going to town to get rid of these freaking you know, urate I stains. I use drill brushes. Like... Dude, I've, I've done everything. This stuff, his enclosures, I can spray Listerine on there or even just a dab of Dodd dish soap, and I can take my nail and just scrub it off just like that every single time. So every time I take out and I clean out that enclosure, it looks brand new every single time. So, Lucas, you kind of touched on this a little bit, and it's something I want to talk to Jordan about because uh, you mentioned you had some hesitations on on the materials, and you brought this to different discords and just different people you trusted before it even launched and started talking about what you were building. What were some of the concerns that were brought up? And then Lucas and I can kind of touch on some of the stuff that we saw in person. One of the first things that comes to mind is people were concerned about metal and, you know, potential electrical shorts uh, and conductivity, which is I'm a very good concern to be cognizant of. Uh, the powder coat is an insulating barrier. Everything's completely coated. Um, so even if there were to be a short, it should not be able to contact the metal. I mean, you'd have to really get after it with something metal to, to penetrate through the uh, powder coat in order to where the short could even make it. That'd be Some, something the, that's operated at a higher voltage than, than our standard wall. So right. And, and there's also rubber grommets where your cords pass through. So even if the cord does get pulled back and forth for some reason, uh, it shouldn't chafe and, and expose the wire um, <clears throat> for the future renditions. I am going to add, just for redundancy, a ground uh, bolt in the bottom. So any stack or single, you'll be able to, to run a ground wire and just mount it to an already existing bolt if you want to. It's probably not necessary, but, you know, 
it's it's not a bad thing and it's, it's peace for, of mind and it's something that's so cheap to just like exactly. like material wise for you to do that is nothing um yeah. and, and if it's gonna give like you know I, I won't mention names but we have some people on our patreon and discord that we love all of you so much so shout out to you guys that are just very hyper worried about everything bad that can happen to their snake whether illness or cage or whatever right it's just a nice added safety security net for those people that you know i think ultimately are great snake keepers because they're they're worried about coughing on their snake right well and ultimately like you said i mean all joking aside those are the people that probably won't ever have anything go wrong. So right. more power to them, you know, right. good. For them. So yeah, I, no, that's I, why I, I want to provide that is like you said, for it's going to be, a, I'm going to negate the cost. I, I'm not worried about eating that little bit to, to provide that peace of mind. Yeah. It's pennies on a dollar at that point. Right. Um, And so, you know, let's, let's talk about like, what 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 are you trying to accomplish in the market with this new caging company? Because I know that you mentioned some barriers to people obtaining their enclosures and the type of material. So what are you trying to do with your like what what's setting you apart other than again, these are metal and and guys, when I say that they are durable, like, you know, you, you you literally could probably punch the hell out of it and it might dent it and you just go on the other side and you punch it back in and it's fine. Um and and you got to be a strong dude if you're going to put a dent in it. Um, but, you know, what what are you trying to accomplish aside from, like, a different material that makes them durable, long-lasting, and, you know, again, I'm sorry. I keep, like, going off topic. I, I want to touch one more thing on the, the, the like, long-lasting portion. These snakes can live 20, 30 years, you know, and it's important that if you're going to get a permanent enclosure that you don't have to replace it because that's a lot of money to have to replace something. So I don't have any doubt that these will last the lifetime or two or three for an animal. Um, but anyways, what are you trying to, that's the goal, right? Um, I've had people come to me and they're trying to look out for me and say, Jordan, once they have these, people aren't going to buy more unless they get more animals. How are you going to keep selling? Well, I mean, that that's really not the concern. I, I hope that my animals last. I'm hope I'm shooting for 30 years. Even if I fall short of that, if you think, let's say a PVC, you can stretch 10 years. Um, that's three enclosures. Yeah. At best. Um, and like ten those years 10 years very go, generous and they go fast yeah so if i can provide something that it costs a little bit more but doesn't stain it doesn't sag it's i know it's solid and i know my animal can be in it and i can grow it if need be with the animal or, or what have you um i i think that that massively outweighs it now that being said i understand that first time keepers especially as they're growing maybe with one animal i might not be their their cup of tea they may not understand the benefit of it but i think people that have had a handful of pvc enclosures and now are maybe having to replace will be able to understand the benefit of you know just just do it and be done with it you know you don't have to worry about it you don't have to worry about the quality of the materials or what have you it's going to last it's going to be there Um, i offer a five-year warranty right now 
Um, do, you, do, you, do, do you guys hear that? A five-year warranty on an enclosure that your snake is going to piss and shit in and, you know, that, that, that you know, you could potentially just drop and you're providing a five-year warranty and, like, what what's – why? Because I know it'll – I know that's an easy coverage, right? These are expected to be outside in the elements for 30-plus years. Um, your snakes urates and, and poo are not going to be a problem for this. He has peace of mind that he won't have to really fulfill that unless there's well, really bad quality control, and that's his job, Lucas. Yeah. Right. I was giving the alley-oop yeah. there. Yeah. No, I know. I'm just being <laughs> – I'm, I'm, just antagonizing. No, really like you idiot. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you're it's right. a that safe is... bet, Lucas. Yeah, I, I I'm kind of holding the, I'm holding the deck, right? You know, um, I I, I know not... that it won't be an issue. I've had my animals. I'm coming up on a year from my animals. They're the same as day one. I mean, they are. Lucas hasn't had his as long as me, but I'm not worried about telling people these are going to last because. I've literally gone out for work and seen, you know, no exaggeration. The company is at serial number. It's like, a, I think they're on 118,000 serial number for enclosures. I've seen, I think the lowest I ever saw on site was serial number like 38. Jeez. Um, and, and it's still there. Like the, 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 I'll, I'll tell you straight up. The powder is worn from sun bleach and, and whatnot. But it's still solid. I mean, the company is... They're you can in still four- get lifted by a tornado and thrown a close <laughs> two miles. <laughs> you know, they're, they've been around for 40 years. And, and I, within the last five, six years, have seen an enclosure that was from the very beginning. So they've only improved the design since. Um, that's why I'm so confident. I also... The five years is, is logical because I don't want to tell people, oh, I'm going to give you a 30-year warranty. First question I would ask if somebody said that you've been around for how long, right? You've been right. around for Heartland's been around for two years. I've been in retics for coming up on five. I guess Heartland's been around for going on three, but I want to offer something that I've been here for that. I, I don't want to just like make an arbitrary number that sounds absurd. Um, now right. I'm going to cover it. If something goes wrong, I'm going to cover it. You know, I'm not trying to, drive anything hard or fast i just want to take care of people and their animals i I think that's a good thing to lead with and we've talked them up quite a bit i feel like we should get into showing them yeah so yeah space age space age enclosures (laughs) Uh, uh, there's some tests i think we could run similar to that but let's actually show yeah i think that's the enclosure right there (laughs) I mean, those are stainless steel, and I'd love to use stainless, but it's about three times the weight. So. We're oh, we're exactly. we're gonna have to do the Joe Rogan arrow test, right? On the your arrow enclosures. test to see if it'll penetrate. Dude, when I heard him <laughs> talking about that, that was insane. The video is pretty wild, but we'll have to do something like that with one of his enclosures, Lucas. <laughs> now, uh, next Arlington plate you can shoot. I I don't know that I want you shooting one of my enclosures, but. <laughs> Right. Now, so talk to us about this stack right here and what the hell that thing is on the, the extension side of it. Um, it looks cool as hell. That's for damn sure. So that's the one of the five stacks that's here in my snake room. I, I now have two. Um, 
it's five enclosures. Each one is four feet wide, two and a half feet deep, and then about 18 inches tall. Um, each floor or ceiling between the enclosures has an inch of insulation, as well as each enclosure you can kind of see has a, a shelf in it that has an inch of insulation just to provide more thermal barriers. So you can have a hotter spot, you know, if your heat's on top, on top of the shelf, they can kind of have a little bit of cave feel um, with the insulation underneath the shelf. And then in the floor of both the stack and the playground next to it, there's two inches of insulation uh, to try and help prevent heat loss to the ground. You can kind of see I'm my snake room's a concrete floor. So I wanted to make sure that I can negate a little bit of that heat loss. Yeah. Um, but the playground, you've got it opened up now. It has a sliding door to each of the enclosures on the stack. And, and you can that's a, kind of see those sliding doors yeah. in the picture. Yep. And so the it's it's just mocked up there. I ended up ending or adding, excuse me, some uh, different diameter dowels with inside so that there's some more horizontal stuff for them if they want to perch and, and whatnot. But the idea is you can provide each individual animal with uh, a, a, a place to stretch out and climb and go up and down and just explore something different. Uh, a lot of times I sit there with the door open like that and I just hang out and watch them. It's fun to see them explore and check everything out. But if something comes up and I've got to run, I can shut the door and they can still continue on and continue to get some exercise and some enrichment. So, well, and talk about enrichment. That's something we bring up all the time here. If you have a, an extra pushy snake and it needs some extra activity, it's easy to just open one of those up when you're leaving for work and let it have some extra room to explore. So, oh, yeah. so each one of those enclosures has an opening to that jungle gym. Yeah. Yes. They, they actually, the enclosures have openings on both sides. So if you wanted to create like a wall of these, or even if you didn't want to have a playground, you could put two of the stacks next to each other. You can puzzle piece it in any order you want. Um, I've heard some people say they'd love to have a stack with a playground on each side. Uh, you can use the playgrounds. That's Miss Eve. She's, she's, uh, oh, I think that's Eve. Yep. That's Eve. She's the Sunfire uh Anarie dude Platty she is a nice purple uh that's pairing this year but um you can also use it for passive pairing uh eve is directly above adam who she's pairing with this year and when i pair him you know i have to pull adam out and put him into her enclosure it's minimal interaction but it's still something i i think it'll be really fun hopefully um, they didn't eat the apple <laughs> uh, I think it'll be fun to open up two of the slide outs and let them, you know, potentially breed and seek each other out. I think that that's really cool. Really Dude, I, I, I know this is about your cages, man, but that floating tail on that sunfire is insane. <laughs> I'm sorry. She's that's a pretty a great girl. Sunfire. She's, and, and she's, she's one of my biggest social butterflies. That girl comes right to the glass when I'm in the room and she just wants to come hang out. Dude, look, I mean, and, they just, they're so slick. Like, that's I mean, what I'm saying. Like, they the just. The new they, car thing is, I mean, when you I'm see that joking. shine, it, it, it does look like you're on a showroom somewhere. Yeah. Like, I mean, and so, like, I, let me, as this video is rolling, let me kind of explain some of my uh, concerns that I had um, was the, uh, like, those, those openings, right? And where those are on the outside. I was concerned about, like, my snakes, like, 
maybe finding that little tiny bit of room and obsessing over it, but I haven't had a single issue. Or like a sharp edge, something. Or like sharp, that. yeah. So I've run my hands in every nook and cranny of that enclosure because <clears throat> I'm I'm anal like that, and I will absolutely make sure that and and all, you know, my jungle cages, my focus cubes. When I'm done and they're set, and before I put the snake in and bedding in, I'll run my finger along every little track to make sure that there's no sharp edges, no nothing, and there's nothing in there that they are going to scratch and damage their their scales from. Um, if they were to create any damage on themselves, it would be through pushing, and that's going to happen in any enclosure. Damage from pushing is just going to happen. Um, but what I love about, you know, since I switch over to ambient in my garage, and I've also increased the sizes of my cages, pushing has not been an issue. Um, you know, and I'm very fortunate to say that because I did deal with, you know, my Kati Wadi was a pusher when I, when as soon as she hit like two years old in her first growth spurt, she pushed for like a year. I had to put her into a, uh, I put her back into a tub system for a while to like get her out of this obsession of pushing. Um, but man, just the way that that door opens and, uh, you know, that, that stack, that stand right there that you can bolt right onto the enclosures is pretty damn awesome. And what's cool is that I'm assuming that if someone has a single, enclosure that as long as you line up the opening of that enclosure to this stack, you can still have one of these next to a single enclosure. Yeah. I'd have to check the measurements. Um, but even if they don't line up, I mean, and we can make a junction, you know, yeah. uh, I, I can make something that bolts to the stack uh, as well as the, the six or eight foot singles, the six or eight foot singles have bigger portholes. Um, but, making a junction is perfectly doable if somebody wanted to, to go that route and they're all the same depth, which is nice. Um, just makes that modulation a lot easier. Yeah, no, yeah. that it's just, it's clean overall. Um, I think that you knocked it out of the, I mean, to be honest, even, you know, obviously weathering wouldn't be as good with, you know, just the unfinished un powdered product but if you could get a powder coat that matches that color that's pretty badass <laughs> i do have uh i have a black now as well as a i'm kind of a matte it's not matte it's not a real sparkly but kind of a metallic silver um cool. and so those are both both available they'll be the same lead time same price and everything um and i can get you know color examples for anybody that's interested if you get a heartland enclosure your snake will let you pet it just like that yeah yeah miss <laughs> juliet was just having a great time and she was relaxed so i decided i was gonna you know go and give her a little bit of love and that's mila when i first let her that was the first time she ever saw her new eight foot um it was I had to give a shout out to the vivtech bulb in the corner oh yeah i love the vivtech products i really do um I've got them on all my animals and, and I'm a big, big fan of them. Uh, that, as you can see, it's very, very bare, but I've got my VivTech in there. So, yeah. um, oh, one thing that I wanted to mention as well, you guys are thinking, oh, metal, that's got to be so heavy. No, it's not. That, yeah, it is so much. It's so, so much lighter than my jungle of, cage ABS enclosures. That was one of my biggest concerns. And Jordan knew this just because 
you know, my back surgery and everything. And I was one of the people that helped him move that enclosure uh, into the U.S. Arc auction. And it was so light. And yeah, so it's, it, it, it's a big enclosure. It was that was one of the eight foots, right? The no, U.S. Arc six by six two. foot. It was a six. Six by three so, by two, but still, that's a big enclosure. So obviously a big enclosure, but it took two of us to lift it. Yeah, and we insane. had to lift it over tables, chairs. It it was fairly easy. Yeah, with a broken back. Weight, but I, I think that the six and eight, probably eight foot as well, are probably under 100 pounds. I think we're still in double digits. Yeah, that's insane. Yeah. yeah. That the was five it. stack is by far the heaviest. I do have an exact weight on that. That's three hundred and forty pounds. Okay, um, so you get a, get a couple friends when when you're moving it in. But get but, some but, 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 but I mean that's also five enclosures. Do yeah. they do they come standard with casters on the bottom? Oh, everything has casters. This the singles, the six and eight foot singles, the stacks, the playground, everything has ca locking casters. So they're and they're removable as well. Then you can lock them. Yep, and then yeah, they come off if you'd like for them to. Yeah. Um, so I know everyone's been hearing about these enclosures and, oh, wait, let's go back before we detour. What What is your, like, we, we detoured into this indestructible aspect of it in longevity, but what are you trying to do that's different than other uh, enclosures out there? Like, as far as, you know, you mentioned turnaround time, you mentioned, you know, reliability and, and durability and all that stuff. Like, what is your goal? I want to provide something that will be the last enclosure anybody needs, regardless if it's one animal or a bunch, because you can continue to grow. If you want to start, especially with bigger snakes, you can start with a six foot, add on another six, add an eight, add a corner junction and, and fill, you know, and the corner of your room with an L shaped enclosure. Um, <clears throat> my goal is to set people up in a manner that they can keep their, their pet or breeders, whatever it might be, uh, where they can live out their life in a, a very good enriched environment and they don't have to ever replace the enclosure. You, you have said something before that I, I'm going to butcher if I say it myself. So I'm going to just like kind of feed this to you and I want you to just okay. reiterate, but you, you talk about like the three things. Oh yeah. Yeah. What, what are the three things and which two are you trying to, or which three, or what are you doing with that? So, so in manufacturing, I kind of liken, uh, there's three pillars of it. You've got, uh, uh, excuse me, quality cost and lead time or turnaround time. And generally speaking, you're going to have to give up one of those. So if you want really high quality and really fast, you're probably going to pay a little bit more. If you don't care about quality, uh, you can probably get it fairly quick and for a lower price, you have to give up one my goal is to hit a very high quality and a, and a frankly, very quick turnaround time, at least in comparison to other manufacturers. Um, and so the prices are a little bit higher, but it's the last thing you'll ever need. And, and we can get it to you quick, especially if it's existing sign, anything can be done. If you have custom needs, that's not a problem, but if it's existing. We can turn around. Um, I'm comfortable saying in, in two months from order, uh, regardless of what it is, when I get an order, it goes into the production schedule. Uh, this is, you know, a 860,000 square foot facility or something like that. Um, once it's in the schedule, that's what it'll be. So I can tell you as soon as I have an order when it will be completed. 
Um, right. Like it's not, it's not like, and I think that that's a, a huge benefit that I think is overlooked. And I never thought about this before till now, but most other cage companies out there rely on themselves to put them together. That person ends up in the hospital. That person ends up sick. That person ends up with too many orders. They get a backlog. There's only so much that one or two or three humans can do. Whereas yours are being manufactured by a massive company with, you know, massive storage. And so it's not dependent on your health. It's not dependent if you have too many babies that you have to establish and feed, you know, it's not dependent on your animals and your family. It's, it's literally being taken care of by a company that has been doing this for years and years and years. And I mean, how many enclosures did you say that they've, and again, not snake enclosures, but they're enclosures they've built. They're at like 118,000. Yeah. So this, this, this is a company that, that has been doing this for probably longer than most of you've been keeping snakes. Um, and so, um, they've been doing it longer than I've been alive. There you go. (laughs) So I I think that's a very important thing to also consider because, um, you know, the, the, you know, when I got my EP cage, it was like, Oh, well, one of our machines are down. We're waiting to get another warehouse. We're waiting to do this. And then it took 16 weeks for my enclosure to get to me. And that was no, not even 16. It took six months. Um, and Nathan said a year earlier. And so, all of that yeah. is bypassed with your ability to have a a reputable longevity type of, you know, manufacturer that's just producing these enclosures. And that takes away you being a slave to the industry, which is a huge relief, man, because when you told me you want to get into cages, I was like, well, there goes my friend. Like, I'll never <laughs> speak to him again. Well, I, I, I put a lot of uh, thought time into it, but... I, I'm really blessed. Oh, the guys that specifically build these, um, I know personally. I've known them for some going on ten years or more, um, and and they're great guys that do wonderful work. and And I know I can trust them. Uh, I was uh, traveling when the first five stacks were being made, and and the manager of the department was sending me pictures so that I could post them. I mean, just to be nice and be helpful. Um, I'm really blessed that I, there's an awesome group of people manufacturing them that I personally know. Um, they reach out and, Hey, is this an issue? You know, they're looking out for me because we have, you know, a good relationship. So I'm really grateful for all of those folks. Yeah. That's huge. Um, so I, you know, I, and, and we definitely, I don't want to necessarily have to end it on this, but I do want to talk, um, you know, pricing, you know, I know that that's a difficult conversation because you're, 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 you're entering this, you know, it's, it's, I feel like it's hard for people that are reinventing something that has already been made, but they are taking it up to a whole different ball game of reliability, durability, quick turnover. And so talking pricing, right? Because out of the three pillars, you chose to be a great product with a quick turnaround. So that means it's going to cost a little bit more. Um, you know, it's a, it's a, you know, pricing for some people, especially in this economy could be difficult, but you know, what is it that you are charging for, you know, a four foot or a six foot or, you know, an eight foot or what, what are well, you, what? So right now, um, I, 
the eight foot singles are, are thirty one ninety nine. Um, the six footers are twenty nine ninety nine. So the for two hundred dollars more, you're getting a two foot larger enclosure. Right. The most of the cost is in the overhead and the labor. So if we're going bigger, it becomes you know it's less per uh, cubic volume, for lack of a better term. Um, the the stacks um, are around five thousand uh, for five enclosures. Right. Right. Yeah. So that's not bad. Um, and then you add a playground on, you know, that adds a little bit more, but the playground is less because there's a lot less to it. Um, and the reason I'm kind of hesitant to, to give real hard, fast numbers on a lot of it is because I am still working on getting it down. If it gets to a point where I'm getting any sort of volume, then I can continue to pass that on. At this point, they're one of one off. Um, and so I keep my margin very slim. I just want to see these out in people's hands. And I, I know people will like them like I do. Um, so I want to see it grow in that manner. Um, but give me some time. Give me, give me a little bit of volume. I do plan to, you know, see if people are interested and people want them. We can negate costs because I plan to continue vending Dallas, uh, Schaumburg. I'd love to get into Tenley if I can looking at maybe Dallas or excuse me, uh, Denver, so since I'm in Kansas, I can deliver um, or at least stretch pretty far to where, you know, I might be able to meet people halfway if. if so that way they don't have to pay fright. Because I, I would drive are, to Denver to to go get one of these cages. That's for damn sure. I'd, 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 I'd drive assembled. to Denver for, for, you know, less important things. So I definitely would. <laughs> I mean, they're assembled. So they would have to, because I, I don't want them to show up banged up and I I don't want that to happen if these do get shipped freight, they're going to be crated. There will be a crate built around these um, to protect them, which is going to be three quarter inch plywood. I mean, the crating material I think is more substantial than some, what I would use to make my own enclosure at home, if I <laughs> right. it, frankly, but you know, with, with people spending this kind of money, I want to make dang sure that it shows up pristine. Like we said, the new car uh, mentality. Right. Um, now, so that we don't hang up on the cost aspect of it, um, you know, because we're friends, we've had a little bit of backseat access into some plans and some things. And I don't know if you want to talk details or not, but um, I heard you, you're potentially meeting with a zoo who might be interested in getting their hands on some of your enclosures, which, you know, again, I think that probably as far as investments go, they wouldn't have to buy closures ever again if yeah. they got yours. Um, so no, what... I, I had a really positive meeting with a zoo this weekend. Um, I don't want to get ahead of myself. Nothing is agreed upon or solidified by any means. Um, but, but I, I'm excited about the opportunity. Um, it's a zoo I care about a great deal. And um, it, I would take a great deal of pride in, in potentially having some of my enclosures there. Uh, I, there was an investor that, or not an investor, excuse me, someone that would like to be a donor that reached out. They were part of uh, the the uh, public board. I think there was basically a, the board of the zoo and then a public board for the community um, years and years ago. And they were part of that. And they reached out and would like to donate some of my enclosures to the zoo. And so we had a really positive meeting and <clears throat> looking at what I can potentially provide for them either with what's existing or 
you know, make something that suits their needs. And of course, you know, rightfully so zoos are very particular on what things go in, how they're made and, and security. Um, but I, I'm really excited about the opportunity. I would, I'd love to be able to provide them something that um, would benefit the animals and help further, further drive, you know, the reptile love like I used to see when I went, went there. Do you, do you mind me asking, um, did they talk about intentions with like, so I know that zoos have their animals out on display and then zoos also have the animals that they have in the back. That they'll breed for programs and they, they house animals in the back. They're not always out on the displays during the day and everything. Did they, did you guys talk about like what, what purpose and what like your, your, what they would use your cages for? Um, a little bit. I, I think the the impression I got was more, you know, it would. I told them, you know, you can use them for anything. You can use them for quarantine, breeding, whatever display. Obviously, since it's a zoo, they're they're doing a lot of remodeling and putting tons of money into it, and so rightfully so, they want their displays to look very pretty. And so we talked about options of how you can outfit my enclosures. You know, you can use universal rocks or a lot of the DIY approach with foam and and silicone and whatnot i mean you can do any of that with these so it lends well to it um but uh it it was discussed just again nothing's really been solidified um as far as what route there's a lot of there was a lot of discussion on what we can do and uh planning part of the beauty of what i'm doing is these are actually truly designed and and i can send a design off to a contractor or general contractor that's doing the project for the zoo and they can incorporate it. So it's not like, you know, just me in my garage piecing parts together and trying to work with a GC. Yeah. Yeah. Um, man, I, I hope that works out for you. That would be absolutely awesome for you to be able to go and see your enclosures, uh, at a zoo. And I mean that, that, you know, if, if that donor is smart, um, knowing that they'll have to just, you know, have the single expense and not have to worry about it ever again. Um, you know, that's what I would say, but Nathan, do you have any other questions or. I, I hit on every little topic that I wanted to. Yeah. Every little concern, <clears throat> everything that I've seen with the cages already. I, I feel like Jordan's really good at talking them up. Jordan, anything you want to say? Well, I, I obviously, I really appreciate you guys having me on. Um, I, I feel like Dallas has been too long since I've got to see you all in person and uh, looking forward to seeing, seeing you again in the upcoming show. Um, the only, the only other thing that I, I'm looking at dabbling in because of frankly, the manner in which they're designed is, you know, I think these would work well for any venomous keepers. Um, you can effectively have a completely hands-off uh interaction with any animal you wanted if you were to pair stacks next to each other so that's kind of the, the newest avenue that i've played with but i don't know really anybody in the venomous community um to try and get you know pointers from or anything like that but we'll see how it goes. I, I can i'll steer you in that that direction <laughs> i think there's a couple people i can reach out to um to i guarantee you uh, uh ryan knows a great handful of people too oh yeah um, well, if nothing else. I just like to learn from them. Like I said, I don't have the experience and I think it'd be cool to get their take on them, you know, okay, well, yeah. this might be a problem. Just like I have from you guys. I, 
I was really appreciative of when you came and saw him at the show. And I love the first thing you did was start sticking your hands in and feeling around. Cause yeah. I think a lot of people at shows, they don't want to do that and come off like they're intrusive. Do that. Uh, the, uh, please tell me anything you might see with Dude, if I'm, my it's, design. It, it's, it's the same thing as if I'm buying a, a, an animal at a show, I'm holding that animal. I'm observing that animal. I'm looking for the, the kink tail. I'm looking for the mites. I'm looking for, dehydration like i'm going to be like you know let me see this animal and and quite frankly if someone told me no you can't hold it and i was someone who was interested in buying it i'd be like see ya like yeah. that's that's a red flag for me so yeah um i know we're friends and you probably wouldn't have told me to stop but you know that <laughs> no. if if someone did tell me that you know i'd, I'd be like all right see it like there, yeah, there goes your sale respect what you're getting um even just down to the individual like if you were to whether it's me or somebody else, if you're looking at getting an enclosure, like you said, an animal, you should inspect it. Like, Hey, maybe this enclosure has a chip. It's a one-off something happened wrong, but check, check the one you're getting, right? Make sure right. there's nothing that creeps up. That might be an issue. Right. Watch. We're going to see in like three months, Jordan's going to be dabbling and keeping hots now to start, try to see how he can make his cages. <laughs> I've got Hopefully he can there. use a third party. I've got a three-year-old, so I, I am leaning on that hard to uh, stay out of that. I don't good motivation. Yeah, I'd love to. There's some gorgeous animals, but yeah, not for me. Not not right now. Anyway, I've got if, a if I if I ever wanted to tap out of my marriage, that's the one thing I know <laughs> yeah. that I can do is just get a get a venomous, just you know, and be like, hey, come look at my pet cobra, and she'd be out of there in a split second. Well, and I've gone down the road of like, I love squams. I would love right. to have a squam. I would never have to touch it. I could do this, that, and the other. And I've, I've let my brain go down that rabbit hole. I just, I know myself well enough. I, I like to interact and touch my animals and that's not a good route. No, yeah. I just, I, I always go down that rabbit hole and I, I see the vision of me loving having a squam. And then I like blink and look outwards and see how the rest of my life falls apart. And I'm like, yeah, I probably shouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just imagine that moment of, oh, that, that's a bite. It happened. <laughs> Like, and that, I, that my heart sinks a little bit thinking about it, you know? Right. Yeah. Not a good feeling. Heart would sink a little bit more when it did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No. And it blows my mind that most of these people that keep hots don't even have anti-venom on them. Um, it's so expensive that's whole, and it expires. It is. It's a whole different, you know, that, that could be an episode in a, in and of itself. Oh, speaking we, of we need to spotlights, have a hot. we need to have a hot. Yeah. yeah. We need to. Oh yeah. Um, oh, you know, who'd be good. Um, we could talk vipers or, or squams with um, Patrick Holmes. Uh, I yeah, know he keeps chondros, but he he keeps a bunch of hots. Um, but anyways, um, Jordan, man, thank you so much for coming on, dude. Thank you, guys. I really appreciate it. Love seeing you. Love talking with you. Appreciate yeah, I can't wait to see you in a couple months, man. Yeah, thank you for everything you guys do. It's appreciated. Yeah, absolutely. We're gonna kick you back to the uh, you know the back studio while we wrap this up, but. It was, again, awesome having you on and definitely won't be the last time we have you on. Real, real pleasure, fellas. Thank you. See you, man. See you later. Oh, we're on the wrong one. There we go. Nope, that one's ugly. There we go. <laughs> okay, we're back. No big deal. Well, um, I, I, I mean, the man's able to talk up the enclosures pretty well, but the enclosures really do speak for themselves. They do. You got to see them in if person. You're in, yeah, if you're in... in NARBC that Heartland is vending at, make sure to stop by, check those enclosures out. 
head over to his Instagram. Make sure you're uh, following him over there. Follow him over on Morph Market. And we'll see you on the next Hold, one. I, I want to say one oh. more thing. Um, so just just like I, I was talking about, um, you know, longevity and like making that one purchase. And I've made the mistake of like getting the the affordable enclosure that I, I could at the time. And I think when all of us are first starting, that's like what we want to do is just go with affordability. And now that I've been doing this a few years and my, my animals are bringing me some income, it's not a shortcut that I'm willing to take. And so if there's anything that you take, you know, from what I'm saying right now is, is if you're someone who cares about your investment and you know, you don't want to spend more money than you will have to in the long run, it's, it's sometimes very much worth increasing you know the price of something up front so that you don't have to replace it um on that note uh we didn't give like a formal shout out to our patreon member so if you guys are not a member of our patreon um it's only five bucks a month um for our lowest tier and you that gives you access to almost everything um you know and uh, you know at this point we're not putting out any other content for any other higher tiers that's just people who want to support us uh, a little bit more, but five bucks gets you access to the best reticulated Python um, Discord community that's out there. And I can say that confidently because that's what our members tell us. Um, you know, uh, not making stuff up. We just have a great community with people who all get along and talk retics and a bunch of other snakes. For those of you that are supporting us on our Patreon, thank you so much. Uh, means the world to us. And we hope to continue to grow that community uh, each and every month. All right, guys. See you on 81. See you.